1: Welcome to the campfire. Yes,
0: indeed. We had one and I'm Tony.
1: Yeah, he made a great campfire and I'm Peggy.
0: Yep. And we're two RV industry veterans
1: who travel part-time. In a small trailer. Oh, wait a minute.
0: It's coming. (laughs) Because we're looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts.
1: And that new trailer will have a 12-volt fridge.
0: Indeed, it will.
1: And Tony wrote an article about 12-volt fridges because we've seen some questions around the interwebs about 12-volt fridges. And, you know, I think the kind of the takeaway, the bottom line that Tony was trying to get across, he, he really describes how they work and how they're different from the fridges that we're kind of used to, the electric and, and propane fridges. And really what it boils down to is if you get a good one and if you have... The battery power to support it they're awesome
0: all right thank you folks we'll have a good day <laughs> and we'll see you I'll next be here week, all week. <laughs> yeah. yeah one of the i think the bottom line takeaway from that article is that there are absolutely advantages to 12 volt fridges in general the article stemmed from a great question in the stressless camping podcast facebook group Whew. One of the biggest takeaways I've seen is that not all 12-volt fridges are created equally. And so there are just better fridges and worse fridges. And I will link to the article in the show notes for this week's episode, which is number 173. But we talk about the kind of resources they use, why 12-volt fridges have some advantages and why 12-volt fridges have some disadvantages, and some of the benefits and energy consumption and just a lot of information about 12-volt fridges. A lot of people are going to get a 12-volt fridge in their RV if you're buying an RV now or moving forward. And I want you to know, not all 12-volt fridges are created equally. There are some that are just vastly superior to others. Just like when you go and buy any appliance, which we're very familiar with or lately. Or any RV, really. Right, yeah. There's just good <laughs> stuff any, in-
1: Anything. There's going to be better. There's going to be higher level. There's going to be lower level. Better, worse, cheaper, expensive, or whatever, you know, comparison you have to make. There's going to be extremes of pretty much everything.
0: Yeah, the only downside is, of course, if you buy a new RV, it comes with whatever that RV company chooses to put in there. And that may either be a 12-volt fridge or there are still RVs that are available with gas absorption fridges and some that are even available with residential fridges. And I talk about those in the article as well. Right. We are going to drag our 12-volt fridge to the next FMCA convention in Perry, Georgia.
1: Right. You know, one of the benefits of FMCA membership is that they have two international conventions every year, one in the spring and one in the fall. late summer because i guess summer because it was july last year and it was august this year we were in lincoln nebraska we have been teaching seminars at the conventions yeah
0: and we're gonna again in perry georgia yeah so if you have any intention of going to the fmca convention in perry georgia which is going to be held
1: in March of 2023.
0: Because I can't remember. <laughs> um, come and you know join us, and and maybe we'll share a donut or a beer or just a, a howdy or
1: an exercise.
0: Yeah, or an exercise. Because we
1: remember Robin that we talked to that was the balloon chaser. That's how I met Robin. Was yeah. Every morning when we go to exercise classes together.
0: Absolutely. So all kinds of things. There's so much to see and do and learn at the FMCA conventions. We have a discount to FMCA membership in our discounts and deals section of the Stressless Camping website.
1: And just in case you missed the memo four or five years ago, <laughs> <laughs> FMCA has now been welcoming towables. We really need to have more of you guys. We need more towables because there's still an awful lot of Class A's and there's nothing wrong with that. No. But that was traditionally what FMCA was and now they recognize that we're just as cool as them. Well, <laughs>
0: Considering that Towables are about 94% of the market, Right, it's kind of wise that they embrace us with open arms, and they
1: do. They do, and we really encourage all RVers to join the FMCA, but in particular, I'm shooting for a higher percentage every single time of Towables. Well, heck,
0: it'd be great to get some Rockwood folks in there, more Rockwood folks. And yeah. we are actually talking about starting a... Rockwood Flagstaff chapter.
1: We have so. been talking about that. There is there is an old defunct chapter the Rockwood chapter from when Rockwoods were motorhomes. Motor homes and so there's one with that name and we have been kind of looking into the idea of re-establishing the Rockwood chapter for Rockwoods and Flagstaffs. Yes. And you know, a lot of towables, it seems to me, and I'm just one person, but it seems to me that a lot of families, a lot of people who have children and are members of FMCA tend to use towables rather than Class A's or motorized motorized vehicles. And we got a chance this week to talk to Kimberly Crossland from Cruising and Campfire's about stressless camping with kids. And wow, yeah. did we learn a lot. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, it's truthfully something we don't know a whole lot about, right? right. We don't have any children.
1: So we asked Kimberly to help us.
0: That we know of. <laughs>
1: we asked Kimberly to give us some ideas. You know, not necessarily for us. Although, you know, we've got nieces and nephews. We might take yeah. them camping.
0: Oh, no, these were some. I mean, I was sitting here thinking, wow, this is. Well, I tell you what, I'll just shut up and let's. Let's let Kimberly rotate. tell us.
1: Today, we are super lucky and excited to be joined by Kimberly Crossland, the founder of Roadpreneur and Cruising and Campfires, two companies designed to keep families together and living in freedom through travel and entrepreneurship. Both businesses aim to inspire meaningful change through the power of a strategic, thoughtful approach to life and business. In her free time, you can find Kimberly looking for a new adventure together with her two boys. Kimberly. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on with you.
0: Well, it's a pleasure. And we got to meet because Kimberly was our neighbor at the RV Entrepreneur Roundtable.
1: Right. Kimberly and her kids. Yeah. And, and well, our whole family. <laughs> and her family.
0: We're our next door neighbors. And so we got to meet and chat about some of the really interesting things that you are up to with your whole way of looking at the RV As not only an educational tool, but also a lifestyle, and all of that.
2: Yeah, it was really fun being your neighbors, and I have to tell you, I feel very grateful to be on your podcast because I rolled out of there at seven a.m. and I thought they're going to hate me. (laughs) We left so early, (laughs) but it was a great trip up in Montrose. I I absolutely loved it, and it was unlike your typical RV trip, right? It was a different type of experience, which was really fun, and I think that's the beauty of the RV lifestyle is every trip can be a little bit different, right? We can just explore in different ways and no two trips are going to be the same, which is really fun,
1: right? Yeah, that's a
0: big plus. So tell us a little about your RVing lifestyle. Are you full-time, part-time and you bring your, as you mentioned, your two children with you.
2: Yeah, I've actually never known RVing without kids. So we bought our first RV when my youngest was four months old. I was literally wearing the baby, walking through the RV lots and looking inside all the different RVs. It was really fun. And we bought our very first RV on my oldest son's second birthday, like on the day. So he had just turned two and I had a four month old. So my hands were full and (laughs) somehow my husband wrote me into doing the RV thing. And I thought, okay, I guess the worst that can happen is we go out for a night on our maiden voyage. We hate it and we sell it. And (laughs) so we did. I, (laughs) I let him wrote me into it. I'm so glad that I did obviously, because here we are talking about it Uh, a few years later, my oldest is now six and my youngest is about to turn five. But the first night I was like, we're not going very far. I need to have an out. I need to be able to get home because camping with the baby and a, and a toddler at the same time felt very overwhelming. The opposite of stressless camping, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. but in reality, all life was stressful at that time. So we go out, we went to Karchner Caverns, which happens to be a half an hour drive from our house. We are not full-time RVers as you can hear. We went to Karchner Caverns, half an hour drive away Wall towing. And so I felt like we had the opportunity to get home if we needed to get home and put them in their crib, put them in their bed and not <laughs> have to worry about that if it was going to be a problem. Right. So that first night, nobody slept and I was so in love all at the same time. I was <laughs> like, this is the lifestyle for me. I want to do it more. And we got home completely delirious because we were very exhausted, but we were already booking our next trip. And the very next trip, my husband's like, we're gonna go out for six nights. And I thought, you are crazy. Wow. And he said, we're gonna go to Durango, Colorado. It's a 12 hour drive. And I thought you're even crazier and I love <laughs> you for it. And so we did. And the last night, the way that we did it is we bookended the trip. We came from Tucson. That's where I'm based. Went from Tucson to Flagstaff. So it's about a four and a half hour drive. And then Flagstaff to Durango, which is about a five hour drive. So we put Flagstaff in the middle to sort of break up that trip, which was essential with small children at the time. Now we would just push through. But in this case, we didn't. And when we were on our last night in Flagstaff, I looked at him. I said, I don't want to go home. I thought I was going to be so ready to go home. I don't <laughs> want to go home. I'm having such a great time. So I was in love from the very first trip. And were you an entrepreneur then? Were you working or did you have to take six days off of work? Or I actually have been an entrepreneur for about 10 and a half years. So pre-kiddo, I'd already well established business and then when I had kids I thought well this will be fine I've, I work from home so I can be with them and everything's going to be you know normal and and I can I'll work when they're napping and that kind of thing well when you have children <laughs> everything changes <laughs> nothing goes as you expect and it's kind of like camping in that way you have to be flexible you never know if you're going to get a blowout on the way to the campsite from your child or the tire
0: Oh, right? oh, oh. <laughs> oh I like that (laughs)
2: it's accurate and very true. And I've, I've had both. So I felt like I, I had what I needed to have in order to build this business when alongside my kids. But the truth was I felt very overwhelmed. And so I've adjusted a lot of things since then. And in that adjustment period, it also let me adjust how I'm able to show up in my business, not only for my family, but also for my business. So being able to push out for six days was not a problem. It didn't feel like I had to take time off and I didn't have to, I had my systems all set up so that it was easy for us to travel. It was easy for me to continue working without Feeling like I was tethered to my phone. I don't bring my computer usually. I did to the RV Entrepreneur Roundtable, of course, because that was a different type of event. <laughs> <right>? yeah, <laughs> we
0: all had our computers.
2: Yeah, exactly. That was a totally different type of event, but normally I wouldn't. And being able to design a business and a life so I can be with my children, really present with them at the campsite and have that experience, have that vacation was really meaningful. And I never, ever wanted to take away from that. In fact, it was one of my core tenants when starting my business or restarting it, I guess, after having kids was, I don't want to Sacrifice the vacation. I don't want to sacrifice my time with them. I don't want to feel like I'm always on. You know, obviously, the stressless camping podcast, we want to talk about not being stressed. Well, that would be stressful to always feel like you have to be on or plugged in and not being able to untether yourself. I want to sit around the campfire and not have to worry about getting the perfect picture and all that, you know. So now I've designed it so I don't have to do that, which is nice. And my kids, they know what I do. But they also don't feel like I'm constantly on my phone. Hopefully that's my goal anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, one of the things I overheard at the RV entrepreneur roundtable is people saying, Oh my gosh, it's such a nightmare to, to travel, specifically, you know, drive with kids. And you said, No, it's it's really not. So obviously you have developed some methodology or secret to making the driving aspect of travel stressless.
2: Yeah, that is truly one of the most stressful parts of it. I thought it was going to be the most stressful part. I said in the beginning, we would break up the trip into about four and a half hours. And I've heard from a lot of families that The four and a half hour mark is about as far as their kids can handle it. Then they're saying, well, are we there yet? What are we going to do? When are we, can we get out? And it's not so easy just to pull your RV to the side of the road, just anywhere. You kind of have to be intentional about where you're pulling off, right? right? So when kids have to go to the bathroom and things like that you have to be able to kind of plan for it. But we've, I don't know if it's a methodology or we just kind of happened by chance to figure it out somehow, but our kids do extremely well. So the reason why we pulled out at 7 a.m. was because we were pushing all the way back from Montrose, Colorado to Tucson, Arizona, actually on the east side of Tucson. So we drove all the way through Tucson to get home. And we did not hear a single complaint from my boys that are, like I said, they're four and six years old. They were Little angels on the drive. And I don't always say that about my kids, (laughs) but on the drive, (laughs) they were little angels and they just, they kind of just go with it. And I don't know if it's because we've been traveling with them longer distances and kind of pushing our own limits and seeing how far they would go from a very early age. Or if we have set up our family for success on the drive. So I can give you a little peek inside our truck to what looks what it looks like when we go on the drives to make it feel stressless. Yeah, yeah I feel like it probably great. is
1: a good combination of that's what they know. They've known this their whole lives, so it's not like something new, but obviously... There are meltdowns no matter what. So tell us how you no, blowouts.
0: I or like blowouts. that. That's right. that, was, that was an awesome analogy.
1: <laughs> Give us a peek inside. So before
2: the trip, I have a packing list and I, I think everyone makes some kind of a list, but I, I love the way that I've designed my packing list. If I can say so myself, because it's not just a list of what we need, but I have, if you can visualize this big 18 inch by 24 piece of paper, I hang it on my wall every single time, a brand new one. And on one side of it, I do put the whole list of everything that we need in the rig. So that's, you know, obviously clothes. I make sure to put everybody individually for their clothes because I have forgotten pajamas for one child. I've forgotten, you know, everything, <laughs> just random things. So I have to make sure it's very documented what I've packed and what what's already in there. And then your typical stuff that you want to make sure you have all the safety gear. You want to make sure you've got, you know, hiking backpacks if you're going to go hiking all of the regular stuff you would. But then on the other side of it, I pack day of items. So the day of items are, of course, like phone chargers, pillows, toiletries. Those tend to be the day of items. And then I pack in the car. So the in the car items, to answer your question about how I simplify this for traveling with small children, the in the car items are this big basket that I have of toys. And it's not they don't get access to those toys when we're at home. They only get access to them when we're on the roads. They always Mm. feel fresh and exciting and new now that they're a little bit older. They have a little bit more autonomy about about what they like to do and they want to be able to pick out their own toys. We'll go to the Dollar Tree and pick out a few things. I don't usually go and let them pick out kind of plasticky toys, but sometimes it's okay on the drive. It feels like a treat for them. And I know they're only going to get it for a few hours. And so then they they feel like if, I mean, if it breaks, it breaks and you know, <laughs> it's not a big deal, but we pack it all in. So I've got coloring book items, you know, that anything that they can write with and draw with. They, they love to do mazes. So I'll get a few of those books. I'll get a few of the 90s style toys that I still love. Like the little Etch a Sketch, this was this has been a surprise find for me. But those tiny, there's a travel size Etch a Sketch. Yeah. And my kids will sit there and twist little knobs to try and draw a map of where we're driving to. And I think that's so fun, isn't it fun? And now they're they're not busy on a screen. We do give them tablet time, but the tablets don't last for twelve hour drives. So they will last for four hours. You still have to fill the space with other things. Yeah. So. They do the, the Etch-a-Sketches. They also love those water toys. If you remember oh, them, you push the little button, oh, yeah. the rings fly up. Yeah, And then they let me try, and I love the water toys, and I'm playing them trying to get the rings. <laughs> so those little toys that gets their mind engaged have also been really fun. I've even, and this is, I hesitate to say it because I don't know if it was smart or not, but I've done it is I've given them window markers. And so they will color all over the windows at times. And it wipes off with a little baby wipe, which by the way, that's another pro tip. Always include baby wipes in your car. It's like the Swiss army knife for moms. Those baby wipes can be used for everything. Your
1: blowouts. (laughs) We even have those in our car and we don't have kids that have blowouts. Yeah, it's the Swiss army type
0: (laughs) knife for me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can use them
2: for everything. Right. Yeah. they're perfect. So having those, I mean, the window markers, being able to just wipe them down with the with the baby wipes and then they're clean again, it made me feel better about it. And then I put a towel underneath their seat so it can't, you know, mark up the seat itself. Right. It'll mark up the towel, of course, right below it. And then the last thing that I do each and every trip before the trip is I'll print out a map of where we're going. So from where we're starting to where we're going, I put it in one of those pocket protectors and give them a whiteboard marker. Mm-hmm. They can then draw their route. So each time we stop, we pull out the map. They each have their own because we don't want fighting, (laughs) you know, how kids can be. So they each have their own map and then we'll draw, okay, this is how far we've gone. This is how far we have to go. And I think that map is what has stopped all the questions of, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Because as soon as they ask that, I say, we'll pull out your map. I'll show you where we are on the map. And then they see, and they can answer their own question, which eliminates me having to constantly say, "Nope,
1: we still have four more hours." Right. Nope, we still have four more hours. Or as my mom used to say, five more minutes." Oh yeah. No matter yeah. if it was four hours or not. That's
0: <laughs> a really good idea, and I wonder if you also would put things like things to look for on the trip, like I don't know, muffler men, I just <laughs> wrote a, a. I just shared that, or whatever it happens to be, landmarks or towns or. Things where the kids can go, oh, look, there's, you know, the, I don't know, the salty dog ship or whatever the heck. I don't know.
1: The water tower for XX town that yeah. we're supposed to pass through.
2: Yeah. I love those little mile markers. I'm really glad you actually just brought it up because one of the other things that I do is I like to incorporate, I like to make food and activity
1: yeah, we me all too. have to
2: eat. <laughs> it's my go to activity, whether I'm home or RVing. But for them, it's fun because what I'll do is I'll save those Easter eggs, you know, the plastic Easter eggs that you get, obviously, at Easter time, and I'll fill them with little treats that they don't always get. So sometimes they have goldfish in them, sometimes they've got these little Annie's birthday cake like crackers that are kind of a sweet treat and they never know what they're going to open up, but we have the mile markers. So every half hour or every hour, depending on however long that trip is, they each get an Easter egg snack and then they feel like they're getting a little treat and it breaks up the drive a little bit more.
0: That is a great idea. I think I love we should that. do that. Yeah. right.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I want something sweet or salty or, well, here, just yeah, see here. what comes out of the it's, egg. It's
0: a literal Easter egg <laughs> yeah. instead of a figurative right. Easter egg, which is really doggone cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's been pretty fun to just find these little, these little ideas. I also want to talk on to your point about Looking out the window and seeing these different mile markers or I guess not mile markers, but landmarks that you're going to pass by potentially something that I've found and I've heard from a lot of parents is kids get really sick on the drive. And I know I did as a kid and I still kind of do. I can't look down and read while my husband's driving. Same. Look out the window yeah it's very difficult it's why i love audiobooks so for kids they also love audiobooks we've played harry potter in the car and they actually tune in more than i thought i did not think they were going to but our pediatrician recommended it so we thought well it's worth a shot they were really into it so getting them into these audiobooks is another fun way to do it but getting them to look out the window anytime they can helps to avoid them from getting car sick because if they're engaged with the toy, they'll forget to look out the window. So I always try and remember to, Hey, go look at that tractor. or wonder what they're growing in that field or what are, what cloud shapes can you find? What yeah. or can you see a dragon or a hippo just to so get them looking out of the window? Because if they get car sick, man, your, your trip is going to be a lot more
0: stressful. <laughs> yeah. 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 They could listen to the stressless camping podcast. Then they'd and fall asleep. Yeah. But then they then wouldn't they'd get fall car asleep. <laughs> <laughs> the bad thing is when people do that and they're driving, then yeah. it's, we, we don't encourage that.
1: I don't think they'd fall asleep. You guys are wonderful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: So those are some great ideas and now it almost sounds like the kids are going to get bored when they're in camp because you've done so much for them while you're driving.
2: Yeah, you would think so. I actually <laughs> used to get really paranoid about going to campgrounds that did not have a playground for that very reason. I thought, oh, my gosh, this is all on my shoulders. I've got to entertain them. <laughs> and as you saw in Montrose, where we were staying in Montrose, just for the listener to paint a picture, there was not a, a playground. It was it's a campground that's under development, still a beautiful campground. And I'm definitely going back as soon yes. as it's done and we're able to. Yeah, I we loved are, loved it there. But our kids, all of the kids that were camping there, they loved it too. Despite there not being a playground, they made their own playground. The dirt they found pile, this giant dirt hill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that dirt pile paired with the irrigation ditch was just a magical place for them. And I thought I was going to have to entertain them so much more than I did because. I, I didn't think that there was going to be, as mentioned, first of all, I didn't think there were going to be as many kids there. But second of all, I didn't, I knew there was not a playground already established, mm-hmm. but the fact that they made their own was outstanding.
1: Yes. That does
2: not always happen though. There's definitely those moments where kids say, I'm bored. What can I do? And I've certainly heard that too. It's a combination of hearing that I'm bored. What can I do? And them starting to melt down from overstimulation and it's a very strange place to be because in that moment and this is when I found it the most stressful as a mom in that moment they're kind of all over the place they're wild this is probably when you heard me yelling at my kids when we were at the (laughs) campground
0: no I was too busy getting yelled at by Peggy (laughs) I love it
2: So that's that moment where I take them inside or I put them in their camping chairs and we have quiet time. And on every single trip, the quiet time can look different. I have a few go-tos. So one of my go-tos is we have books that we like to read, but we only read them at the campsite. And of course I make them camping themed books because that's fun. But there's so many good camping books for kids that I enjoy reading them too. And then the other thing that we do is, well, I'll bring out the arts and crafts. So that's a really good time for them to sit down and focus on something, and I call it the focused activity. So they can paint rocks that they found. We've got some really cool souvenirs that we brought home from camping trips. Of my my kids found a heart shaped rock and then they painted it. Nice. And it was really it's it was simple, but it took us about an hour because they had to go find it, bring it back, uh-huh. sit down, relax painted and then they were calm yes there's paint on our outdoor mat and i don't Uh, care right it's all part of the memories right it's not a big deal they also they do some coloring but it's more i like the tactical things from nature like finding stuff from our campsite we've made it we've brought popsicle sticks and glue and packed them in the trailer ahead of time anticipating this moment (laughs) because i know that it's coming and we glued together the popsicle sticks you can glue them in a triangle you can glue them in a square any shape you'd like just get them together in some form and then they would go and find flowers or leaves and they just kind of make their own picture frame and so we'd bring it home the leaves and the flowers they probably die at the end of the trip anyway but it's gotten them engaged and we can put a little picture in it at the end and then we can they can color it when they get home and they'll still be
1: fine. Yeah, yeah. These are
0: great These ideas. These are great ideas.
1: So I would love to have you send us some recommendations of books or favorite books, but I actually have a kid's camping book called S is for S'mores. Huh. I love that book. And it's an alphabet book of all the, a camping term in each letter. It's so fun. I We have that book on our shelves. <laughs>
2: if my kids are going crazy... That's the first thing I scream to them. Get outside. (laughs) There's something about it though. There's something about change. One of my favorite expressions is you can't change the kid. You can change the environment. And so when they're having these moments of like craziness, we will go for a walk or we will go outside or I'll put them inside. I'll go inside with them, but we'll go inside and just change that scenery. Cause when you can change it, they change mentally something. Now they're taking the new sights and sounds. Now they're distracted by something else. It's amazing how it happens. And then of course there's that physical experience that happens and you put feet on dirt. And so for kids, there's something literally like magnetic about it. Hmm. So when you're, they're going crazy inside the RV and you say, let's go outside. You might distract your neighbors for a little bit, but usually <laughs> they'll immediately come back around and they'll actually calm down a lot faster than you might realize.
0: That's great. That's, That's good another great tip. <laughs> Traveling with two young children, you have come up with a really good idea to help parents with the same situation
2: it's interesting you asked this earlier in the podcast about what is your methodology for keeping kids sane on the road so when we were driving back from durango not that first trip to durango is a, su- a subsequent <laughs> trip i think it was our second or third trip we're driving back home i had no cell phone service i remember that because everything was put down we were quiet in the car and i looked in the back seat and my boys were being little angels like they are in the car. And I just thought, man, something, we have something here. And to think that I almost didn't buy the RV because I was scared to sleep somewhere different with my children, to travel with them long distances in this way. I knew I always wanted to travel, but I, I hadn't grown up traveling by an with an RV. And so I knew something was here. And when we, I looked at my husband, I said, I think I want to start another business. And he said, OK, you <laughs> do you. Good luck. <laughs> and I said, all right, I will, I'll see where this takes me. Well, I started by putting together kits for parents that they could buy to take on the road. And I very quickly realized that was not the direction I wanted to go. I... Liked the idea. I felt that I had a good methodology. I still feel like I've got a good methodology for traveling with my small children and pushing further. Like I said, we regularly will push really far. Our longest has been 14 hours. We've done that trip twice. And we've consistently not had problems with our children complaining and crying and making it such a bad headache. And so... I thought I wanted to put together these boxes and these kits you could buy before the road trips, and then it would keep the kids entertained. It would have toys, not necessarily plasticky toys, but more durable toys or fun toys or things you might not think of to buy. And so I started down that route and I realized that's not who I really was targeting because kids preferences change and they change very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I was caught in this trap of feeling very overwhelmed with trying to figure out, okay, what, what other toys should I put in? And I'm also going to find toys for my family, but you don't have too many toys because that's just overwhelming right. in and of itself. <laughs> so I realized I needed to switch because the pe- the person I was really trying to help was me two years ago. It was me standing in that RV lot, (laughs) carrying that baby, feeling very overwhelmed. And I wanted to fast forward. If I had someone to say, hey, it's going to be great. Just come along this journey with me and I'll help you. I'll show you the way. And so I created the Cruising and Campfires. That's my subscription box. I created it to be a subscription box very intentionally. I know there's a lot of overwhelm around having a subscription But we change every month. Our needs change every month. Camping changes every month of the season. And so being able to consistently show up with new activities, new ways of helping moms simplify the journey. And it's not necessarily stuff but it's experiences inside the box. So every trip is a little bit different. Every adventure out on the road, you never really know what's coming your way. There are some consistencies though. You still have to plan all the meals, especially if you're boondocking because you need to eat. And like we've already discussed, food is a hobby and an activity for me. So I need to have extra food when I'm camping just to (laughs) keep entertained. And also you have to keep things a little bit cleaner and cleaning and organization if things are hectic and scattered and thrown all over the place, people inside the trailer, your family probably feel very overwhelmed just by the the mental clatter. Yes. Are, I feel there are studies that show that your physical space reflects your mental and how you feel inside and how anxious you are and, and how stressed out you feel. So if right. everything is just all over the place, now I can't find that beanie and it's really cold and I want to get them outside now you're feeling really overwhelmed. But if you have more of an organization system or you have a way to keep things all together, well, then you can just reach for it, grab it and go outside and have some fun. And so want that's what the boxes are really there for. It's not your average outdoor gear box. It's not going to be gear that you, you know, you can go and pick out the gear that you need. This is more of one mom to another. I want to be your support system and I want to help you feel encouraged that you can go and have these adventures. Cause I believe firmly in my bones. I believe that families need to hit the road and they need to have these adventures and they need to get out there because there's just so much good that comes out of it.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. So how does one get, These boxes. How frequently do they come out, and what type of cost structure are we looking at?
2: Yeah, so they come out every single month. They're about twenty nine, not about. They are twenty nine ninety five a month plus shipping. I ship it on the twenty eighth of every single month, so it arrives at your doorstep right around the first, ideally, depending on the postal service, which is (laughs) unpredictable at times. (laughs) But when it arrives at at the house, and you're going to open it up, and you're going to have a new adventure that you can have with your kids. The next question is. Okay, well, what if I don't go camping every month? What if I want to skip a month? Anyone can skip a month or a few months at a time. It's not something that I'm gonna, you know, lock arm you into, or I don't like working with businesses like that. If you need to cancel, then cancel. There's no weird rigmarole that you have to go through. Just let me know and it will it'll be canceled, or you can log in and do it yourself. But I like it because the, with the seasons, this can even be an outdoor adventure in your home. If you're backyard camping and you just want to get your kids used to it, you just want something new to do with them outside. Everything is just about getting the kids together, getting you, getting you to have some time to yourself as a mom. It's the whole goal, really is so that moms don't go on vacation and feel like they need a vacation from the vacation. That's what I hear so often. Right. And when you're overwhelmed with all the things you have to do, when you're trying to keep everyone together and calm and happy and safe and warm or cold, depending on the season (laughs) and you're not your calm yourself, you know, you need to be able to have that time where you can decompress. Yeah. And so that's, that's exactly what I put in the boxes is those items to help you to have those experiences in those moments and bring yourself together around the campfire.
0: And where can somebody find access to get these boxes?
2: Well, I'm so glad you asked. It's on my website, cruising and campfires.com. That's cruising without a G cruising and campfires.com. That's also all my social handles
1: too. So you can come and say hello anywhere you'd like. All right. We'll definitely put those links in our show notes so that you don't have to figure out where the G is missing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This is so much great information. It really is. So we're going to hit you with something I didn't warn you about. But if you Uh listen to us very often, you know, what is your best camping memory? Oh, my
2: best camping memory Uh has to be that very first trip. And we still have a picture. Where I was terrified, and then I quickly realized there's no need to be terrified. We're sitting around the campfire. I can picture it in my mind. there's uh, we're in a state park, and so it has Arizona carved out of it, and the campfires inside of it, and both my boys are snuggled on my lap, and I thought, this is what I want my life to be. I want to just be snuggled up, warm around the campfire, and just happy outside and calm. And I loved it. And we have that hanging in our, in my hallway. So every time I go to my bedroom, I pass by and I think, I want to go camping again. Let's go camping. (laughs) I
0: love that. All right. So conversely, what is your worst camping memory?
2: Oh my goodness. Okay. This one's a bit of a doozy. (laughs) So we were,
0: again, (laughs) we were sitting
2: around the campfire one night and I started to hear, I have I really don't like when people rev their engine. This is probably why I was very sensitive to you guys when we were pulling out at 7 a.m. We we're <laughs> revving the engine, but regardless, we we're sitting around the campfire. It was about seven o'clock at night, and I heard somebody revving their engine and revving it and revving it. And then I heard the people across from us who were also lovely people sitting out of their campfire, and they said, and they started to yell. And I see the car swinging around the campsite, and the guy was obviously not sober. And he ended up hitting the car right across from us. Oh, and no. yeah, and it was one of those things. It was a nice campground and everything like that. But it was one of those things where you just kind of realize that A, life is short and I'm still really happy to be camping and out and having adventures now instead of waiting. But also, Be responsible. Yeah. Yes. I love when people can be responsible campers. So it ended up being okay. In the end, he obviously the police came and took him. So he was not around (laughs) and he could go get sober somewhere else (laughs) and everything else was fine. But everybody else in that group was very kind, very generous. We all kind of came together because of the bad experience. And a lot of the people from that campground, I still talk to. So out of the bad
1: came some good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, that i like asking the question because almost every bad experience has i mean if nothing else a lesson that you've learned
0: yeah, exactly <laughs> and you're here yeah, today to exactly.
1: tell about it so it can't be that bad <laughs> well true. <laughs> that's true that is true
0: kimberly it has been a real pleasure talking to you and i actually learned a lot in this episode yeah and so thank you for that and i can't wait to share this with our audience. I think it's going to be a big hit.
1: And we also can't wait to have you back another time. We will definitely be hearing from Kimberly again because she has another entirely different business that we didn't even get to talk about. No. Because we're so interested in how she camps with children. So thank you again.
0: Yeah, it was a real pleasure speaking with you and camping with you.
1: Yes. And your kids didn't bother us one little bit.
0: Nope. No, they're great.
1: (laughs) That is a relief. (laughs)
0: That is a relief. Thank Uh, you. (laughs) You're welcome.
1: So we will definitely be in touch. And... As I said, we'll leave links for Kimberly's cruising and Campfire site. And then when we have her back in a few weeks, we will talk about her other business and more links and more fun time with Kimberly.
0: Absolutely. we're looking forward to that. And thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you both. We'll talk soon.
0: Take care. So what'd you think about that?
1: I almost want to find a kid to take camping. (laughs) Uh,
0: You should probably get their parents' permission.
1: Probably. Actually, I'm a little bit tempted to get the packages from Cruising and Campfires just because... I could be organized. It doesn't have to be moms, right?
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I could make my camping more stressless.
0: Well, that's the whole point of this.
1: Right. And maybe one of those boxes will have a cool beanie because, you know, the weather is starting to get cooler.
0: Yeah. And we know somebody who has four kids and may need this. Our niece... Becca, who happens to own a company called Nature Soup Company. Nature Soup Company is our partner with making cool mugs and many other things. And when we were at Peggy's grandma's 100th birthday, we got to sit down with Becca and come up with a very spoo tumbler wow, that
1: was spooky in its own right <laughs> yeah. now these glow-in-the-dark tumblers are available for a limited time only
0: yep right now during october
1: that's right and they are a new design they have a luminous coating so during the day it looks like a white tumbler and it absorbs the light all day and at night it glows green when it gets dark
0: wait i've had luminous cans before i drink beer those out of them are all
1: aluminum
0: the- oh yeah so
1: this 20 ounce tumbler is insulated. It fits in cup holders. It's about the same size around as a luminous can. <laughs> and it's a straight design. And it's double wall insulated. So that stainless steel vacuum keeps drinks hot or cold. How does it know? Magic. Magic. That's the magic. And it also has a leak-resistant lid that's BPA-free, and it comes with a straw. So you can sip through the lid. You can sip through a straw. You can take both of those off and just go crazy drinking it like a cup. Who knows? And you (laughs) can
0: see it in the dark because it glows in the dark. So you won't lose your drink at night, and it's got a spooky pattern on it. And so buying from Nature Soup Company does help our niece as she raises her four girls. So do something good for her, and you get a cool tumbler At the same time.
1: Be the talk of the campfire. Never lose your drink at night.
0: And you can order those right at StresslessCamping.com in our store under discounts and deals. Well, last week we got to speak with Mike from RV Insurance Benefits. And.
1: and Mike and Tony got to talking about smokers, smoking. smoking. <laughs> Mike gave us some inspiration for some drumsticks and he told us the way that he brines them and smokes them. And I couldn't leave well enough alone. So I did a little extra research and made up my own recipe and we smoked up some drumsticks. We call them drunken drumsticks yeah. because they have beer in the brine
0: yeah and i spritz them with a the beer and pineapple juice as they're smoking on the pellet smoker yeah and we're starting to put together some recipes for that pellet smoker and you might be saying what do you mean a pellet smoker and RVing?" but i think we've talked about we yeah, bought we a have. smaller one that we can run with our jackeries. that's so- right
1: and the legs fold up so we can take it in the truck so uh it is getting darker
0: Is that what's
1: going on out there? And if you have not yet received your insulated glow-in-the-dark tumbler, you might have a little bit of (laughs) trouble seeing (laughs) in the dark. And so... For a gadget report, I thought we might want to talk about those Moride step lights.
0: Yeah, Moride sent us some magnetic step lights that go under those Moride stable steps or any of those stable steps.
1: As long as they're metal, because they're magnetized. Right. Well, <laughs>
0: they actually come with a oh, bracket, too. Don't That's forget. true. You're
1: right. I'm sorry. Uh- you could have plastic steps and still yeah.
0: use them. Yeah. I haven't seen any yet but. or any magnetic surface and their motion sensor they use batteries they're really really bright but one of the nice things about them is you can leave them on the steps and they only come on when they sense motion so they're not shining into your neighbor's campsite all night long.
1: Yeah I'm not a big fan of having lights on all night long. No. But it is pretty nice if there's motion outside that the lights will come on so if you're inside and you hear a noise outside the lights come on and you can see if it's a bear or a raccoon
0: right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or whatever exactly or bigfoot
1: <laughs> or bigfoot
0: those are the bigfoot lights yeah pretty cool magnetic motion lights we'll leave a link to the review in the show notes and speaking of reviews we have some kind of news news uh-huh i have been posting RV reviews for quite a few years now And have hundreds and hundreds of RV reviews under my belt, which is why my pants fit funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we have moved the daily rv review yes to stressless camping that's so right. if you're looking for that daily rv review it's right there in stressless camping you know there's those tiles with all the pictures and at the bottom right is daily rv review well that's where you'll find me
1: that's where you'll find him
0: and the review for this week is the lance enduro and la <laughs> forget anything you think of about lance products other than the quality this is an overland single axle overlanding trailer designed to be pulled by things like cheap wrangler unlimited and that sort of thing it is a really different concept and has things such as a water filtration system designed to pull water out of like streams and lakes and things like that so if you run out of the water that's in the trailer, there's a hose you can go and drop into a stream or lake or whatever and draw water out and it filters it. Wow. All of the interior is all, there's no wood in the construction whatsoever. And so the interior has molly panels all over. So if you're thinking, well, I wonder you know, how these cabinets work or how this configuration works, You can bring carabiners and just hang pretty much anything you want anywhere you want (laughs) it's really cool it's a small single axle trailer but one of the most incredibly thoughtful things they did there's a u-shaped dinette at the front and that's not that unusual but it's set up so that the bench that spans the width of the front of the camper is also a bed And so you can have two people sitting at the table while a third person is sleeping.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Probably not very soundly. (laughs)
0: Well, it depends. I mean, obviously on the individual sleeping, but it's nice in that you can have a king size bed by folding down the table and it happens to be a lagoon table. Or you can have people sitting at the dining room and another person resting. Or if you just want to stretch out for a little bit, you don't have to do anything fancy. You, you don't just, have to make all, yeah. the whole
1: bed up. Yeah, it's, yeah.
0: it's just there.
1: That's nice because usually benches, dinette benches aren't big enough to sleep on. No, unless you're like four.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So they've really thought a lot of details through on this thing. And it's really well designed. It sleeps two kind of as standard but you can get a rooftop tent so it'll go up to 4. Oh. It's small and light and just built like a tank. Check out the review I wrote of the Lancenduro in the new Daily RV review section at stresslesscamping.com.
1: com. I wanted to pop in with a quick little maintenance reminder. We kind of do these seasonally and as it's timely. And I've seen a bunch of people ask if when they're winterizing, they can use radiator antifreeze. Oh, please, 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 please don't do that. That stuff is ick that is not made for yeah it is toxic poisonous and horrible and you do not want to put that in your water system i don't care how much you're going to flush it out please do not use vehicle antifreeze please get rv water system antifreeze food
0: safe antifreeze it's pink yeah it's pink stuff that they sell at the rv dealer
1: or any place right i mean like probably walmart (laughs)
0: Yeah, Walmart has it, but seek out the RV antifreeze specifically because vehicle antifreeze can kill you. And that, that we, you know, we need all the listeners we can muster. Yeah, please (laughs) take care of yourselves out there.
1: Last week I had a question. Well, every week I have a question. (laughs) Last week my question happened to be, "Will you please tell me how the registration works in your state?" And we got some responses. My favorite is Michigan because you get a plate one time, it's like 200 bucks, and then you have that plate forever.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: That's pretty cool. In New Mexico, it's two years, and... It's based, like all vehicles, on the weight and the year of the vehicle or of the RV. And so it's kind of just like registering a car, except, of course, it weighs more. So (laughs) that will change the amount a little bit. But in terms of process, it's a two-year registration. Oregon is also a two-year registration. But when you sell that RV, you keep the plate. So you can put it on your next vehicle. Mm. In New York and in Indiana, I've learned that it's just an annual, everything like a vehicle. And in Pennsylvania, it's annual and it's based on weight.
0: Like how much I weigh?
1: Hopefully not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you're fat. We're going to pay out the nose. You haven't
1: been on your diet. You have to pay more. (laughs) That's (laughs) a good reason
0: to go on weight loss, right?
1: (laughs) Of course, it's by vehicle weight. And in Tennessee, apparently, you only need to get a plate on your RV if you're going to leave the state. Wow. If you're in tennessee with a tennessee vehicle you don't need a license plate i don't know how they know it's a tennessee vehicle but yeah
0: that's that's what's interesting that's that's the kind of things you learn on the stressless camping podcast facebook group
1: this week Because, you know, our favorite holiday is coming up and next week will be our Halloween episode. And I think what I would love to do, because we already have one or two in our hat.
0: Thank you, Bill.
1: Thank you, Bill. Some spooky camping stories. So if you have a spooky camping story that you would like to share, reach out and let us know. You could just write them out on the Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group, or you could send it to us in private and we'll read it as part of the podcast. Or
0: if you want to do something really kooky, you could record it. You and could send record it, it, it and, and send it, it to us. And will be on next week's Stressless Camping Podcast, which is our annual halloween version
1: that's right so you can of course answer the questions of the week and you can write your stories if you wish at the stressless camping podcast facebook group by the way please invite a friend
0: yeah, or, or to you know, invite or three. somebody you don't Invite like. anybody.
1: Invite people at the grocery store. Yeah. The more the merrier.
0: <laughs> no, no. No, do invite people who are interested in the In RV camping lifestyle. would be in the best. Yeah, camping. sure. And by the way, did you know we did a once a week newsletter, which is free? And it has links to the stories, videos, podcasts, and all of that to help you get the most out of your stressless camping experience.
1: Just visit our website and you can sign up the first time. And if you have already been there and you forgot, just please go to the very bottom of any page and you can sign up for a weekly newsletter. We do not share your information. We nope. send you one email a week and it's, yep. that's it. Period. End of story. Bye-bye.
0: Wow, (laughs) drop the mic. Well, no, don't don't drop the mic. And of course, at the Stressless Camping website, you'll find our show notes for this episode, episode 173 on the podcast page at StresslessCamping.com.
1: Also, don't forget when you're at StresslessCamping.com to check out our deals and discounts page for the best deals on things you need for your Stressless Camping adventure.
0: Oh, and if you've got a great deal for our
1: audience, let us know. Of course, we are in all the social places that everyone wants to be, but you can find us by starting at StresslessCamping.com. And at the top right, you'll see all the little jump off logos. So you can go to all the places that we are. But remember, you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast. And it's free to subscribe on any podcast catcher. We are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire.
0: Thank you again for being here with us this week. We look forward to haunting you again next week. (laughs) (laughs) And until then, happy happy camping. camping. Spooky wow,
1: That was spooky in its own right.